This is Naoki Yoshida. This is Fern Hall. And you are listening to Aetherite Radio. Aetherite Radio. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Aetherite Radio, Gamers Games Final Fantasy 14 podcast of Fusion X. Joining me today, we've got Zanidra, we've got Algino, we've got Brooke. Hello! <laughs> Hello. And, and joining us uh, today, we have Alex Main, um, who some of you may know as uh, one of the, the people behind KupoCon. Um, and so, welcome welcome to the show, Alex. It's great to have you. Is this the part where I talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a afraid i don't have uh, a visual feed of me That's today okay. i'm currently in uh, yoshi p's basement i uh, <laughs> held, held here against my will decent signal at least i mean you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah your audio is clear yeah. <laughs> um so a few weeks ago we talked about there was a, a fan gathering um supported by se out in london um where some some news dropped but didn't officially drop um and that has had us talking for a few weeks now um about fan gatherings and so we figured who better to bring on to talk a little bit more about this than uh, one of the men uh, responsible for KupoCon? So, right. um, Alex, how would you, if, if you were having to talk to somebody about KupoCon for the first time, how would you describe KupoCon to them? Hmm. Uh, most people would describe it as a convention, just as a typical word that's used, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that is a bad word to use. We like to describe it as a giant Final Fantasy birthday party, um, which may okay. sound slightly lame but it's no, actually sounds really great. yeah good okay my kind of people <laughs> um, yeah that's how i would that's how i would describe it a giant final fantasy birthday party where everyone is not the same age as you but they all have the same interest as you um yeah i think in a nutshell that's the best way to describe it i mean you know you've 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 been there you've experienced yeah. it for yourself mm -hmm. um so how would you describe it i mean that's that's not a bad description i think i think convention Right, not to not to like say that KupoCon's bad, but it's it's definitely a smaller event. Like when you think convention, some people get this grand image in their head of like this yeah. huge thing <laughs> with multiple rooms and all this stuff going on. And it's it's not, but it's a more kind of intimate, I think, gathering of of like minded. Well, fans. you struck the nail on the head there because we have what we call our three eyes and every time i talk about the three eyes i forget the three eyes but i'll try uh they, they are intimate inclusive and immersive those are the three things go. that we try to uh, yes thank you i should have made some notes um but uh <laughs> if if i recall you came to vancouver so you've yes. never been to a different okay so vancouver's our smallest one by a long shot mm -hmm. um the like usually we don't push the numbers above a thousand because then you start to lose that intimate Mm -hmm. so we had one in london england in september that was the largest one we'd had and you know whisper whisper it was probably more like 1050 people when you include the staff but don't tell anyone <laughs> that Ooh, um so you know rules. that was a yeah well you know they're, they're my rules i'll break them um, but uh it, it was it was it's still really big like in comparison to the size of vancouver the venue's like six times the size oh, so wow. it has more of that convention feel we never usually have more than an artist alley of like 50 or 60 tables you know it's not miles and miles of vendors trying to sell you something that's been knocked off out the back of a van somewhere in asia it's a lot of <laughs> um you know homemade artwork that's been done by fans just like you so it definitely has that more um you know i guess uh, what would you call it that kind of roots uh feel mm -hmm. to it um but i think that's what makes a KupoCon. what uh what led you to create KupoCon? 
Um, the story remains the same, even though my wife is not very keen on the story. Uh, <laughs> I have a tendency to come up with these ridiculous ideas, and my wife has a tendency to tell me why I can't do them. And then, uh, in my great will as a true Brit, I will prove the rest of the world wrong. <laughs> um, and damn the consequences. Right. So, um, and, you know, that's how we ended up with the Commonwealth. Um, yeah. But no, I I decided, I, I came up to my wife one day and just said, what do you think about doing a Final Fantasy convention, a large fan gathering? Because I know that, you know, some people have attempted it before. And, uh, you, you know, I know that the 14 crew, they do some fan gatherings too. They're usually at like pubs and clubs and it's just mm. to get some people together and then you've got some really nice uh, groups in the uk who had attempted fan gatherings where they do quizzes and, and such but nobody had really done anything on a larger scale so i said you know what do you think do you think this is a good idea she laughed and and yeah you know just assumed i'd move on to something next week well it's been three and a half years i haven't moved on to anything yet um <laughs> so but uh, it, it's certainly grown <laughs> like when we first announced this i won't lie the word scam was spread quite fiercely oh. and aggressively. Oh, no. um, and, you know, to be fair, there are a lot of um, a lot of people out there who, who think that they can run a convention and can't. Like, I, I work in the event industry. I've been organizing events since I was 16. I'm nearly dead now. I'm 31. Um, oh, and it's, oh, I'm few more uh, years. There's a few more years in there, I think. Yeah, there's not. That's me. Um, like are. I said before we started streaming if you've got kids you'll understand um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean there's a lot of people who abuse the, the word convention and, and try and organize mm -hmm. something and really fail to do so mm -hmm. I can think of uh, 101 uh, conventions that have flopped so just really yeah, quick but, when you were doing KoopaCon did you ever consider just inviting a whole bunch of people to one big room with a ball pit in it <laughs> Uh, you, you, know, you beat me to that. Say that I've seen that that's been quite successful. Uh, so yeah, I, it did cross my mind, and I actually remember seeing a comment about that. It's like you better have one of these, and it was a picture of a ball pit. And, yeah. and at the time, I didn't get the joke until I did my research. And I understood. But no, um, once we, what's really rewarding is to go to a CooperCon now and have someone come up to you and go, you know, I was one of those people who thought this was a scam. Um, I owe you an apology. Uh, that, um, that's really rewarding. Um, mm. Naturally, we had them shot afterwards. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's uh, it's been a hell of a ride. I mean, we're just uh, we're what, 53, 54 days away from our fourteenth uh, event in wow. three years, or wow. coming on four Great years actually in March. That's so we, lot. you know, just to give you an idea, like the scope, like the the Vancouver one is our smallest one. Mm -hmm. um, I put that down to the fact that there are 101 conventions in Vancouver um, and many of them are really bad conventions so people have a bad taste in their mouth. Um, our largest ones are in England. The largest one we've done, as I said, was in London. We had people from 27 different countries. Wow. Um, How do you, you decide know, I, where to do these? Because, I mean, you've done them all over. Uh, yeah, where have we been? Um, We've been to um, the New York, it was tri-state area twice. Um, you know, I don't say Newark because everyone gets sketched out. Uh, we've been to the, <laughs> the tri-state area twice. Um, we've done Toronto twice. We're doing Montreal next year. We've done Vancouver twice. London, we've done three times. We've done Glasgow, Scotland. We're going there again. We're off to Australia next October. Um, you know, we've, we've got a few other cities in mind, which I won't, 
I won't drop just yet. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we've we've done some fair traveling. A lot. One of the questions we get asked a lot is, "Why do you go to these places, and why don't that you come to the states? Yeah. Or why don't you go to the <laughs> states more often?" Well, I can answer both of those very quickly. One, um, we go to the cities that we think we can pull it off, and that will have a large audience. So you know, places mm-hmm. like London, Birmingham, Glasgow. Um, Toronto, Vancouver, these are all huge um, populous hubs, so we can pull it off. Um, And then you'd say, well, yeah, the States is full of people, you know, like, why don't you come here? Honestly, nine-tenths of it is the damn borders. Um, (laughs) You know, it's such, I can't even begin to tell you what a hassle it is. Um, You know, like, when when we did the second event not that long ago um, in in New New Jersey, the Bigger Palm, I had a box of loot that was included with the tickets, like T-shirts and pens and stuff. And it was stuck at the border for four weeks Mm. because the pens require a poison control form for the ink. (laughs) Oh, no. Now, I get it. Like, I get it since, you know, the the awful things that happened at like 9-11 and stuff, the, the borders have got a lockdown. But it has reached a level of real frustration and Mm. the problem is is that my entire team are international bar one who's from the state so i always had this fear that i would like cross the border one day or alan being irish which you know from the get-go if you're irish you're dodgy as anything Mm. so him crossing (laughs) the border and just looking at him and you you know being like oh top of the morning to you with guinness you know and then all you need is one agent to go slap bang no you're out and they throw down a five-year ban that that's that's our biggest fear Mm. Um, and it, as much as I would love to do more events in the States, it is quite a problematic area, problematic Mm. area. So I'm hoping that in the future, it will be less like that. Um, (laughs) but it's not that we don't love you in the States. And I'm so thankful to the people that do come up. Like we have, when we pick Toronto, the great thing is, is that Toronto is very accessible Mm -hmm. uh, to people in the States. And another thing is, (laughs) and people in Montreal were not too pleased when we did this, but you know, I, I wanted to keep you folks in the states happy and i was like what can i do so the event in montreal is at the airport it's actually connected to the u.s terminal so uh, you don't even wow. actually have to step outside into the world of french canada you just walk <laughs> straight into the hotel wow so i don't know how more convenient That's it funny. could be wow. you know? Yeah, I, I mean, um, I remember coming up for for Vancouver and at the border, they're like, "When's the last time you've been to Canada? Have you been to Canada before?" I'm like, "I don't know. It was like 15 years ago." And they're like, "Well, why haven't you been back since?" Like he was personally insulted that I haven't <laughs> been up to Canada more, and I'm like, "I don't know what you want me to say." Last <laughs> time I came to Canada, you didn't need a passport. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's something also that really amazes me. It was completely off topic. The number of Americans that don't have passports blows my mind. Yeah, right. We don't. We yeah. don't like, need them. You don't yeah. need them. Oh, that's so, just, no, so many people just travel within the states, and it is. I mean, it's astonishing even to me. Like when I first started doing overseas travel, once mm-hmm. you get everything sorted out, it's not that bad. But when I'd be no. talking to everybody, you know, have you ever traveled overseas? And they're like, No, I've never even gone further than one state over from me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, What? That makes me what? Sad. What? I think <laughs> I must have passports though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I had yeah. to because I went to I went. Oh, I've yeah. been. I mean, I went to Vancouver, but I went to to and Germany really, a few years it's back. It's not that yeah. difficult to get one no. either. No. I mean, it probably is now. There but... you go. So there's another reason why we're not hosting them in the States, because we want everyone to get a passport. There's a secret <laughs> government scheme to get more money. <laughs> right. We're there encouraging you know. international travel right. and, exactly. you know, no, going we, outside promise, your comfort zone. Make you a worldly individual. 
<laughs> we will host another one in the States at some mm. point. And I would probably be aiming for somewhere, maybe Midwest or maybe the West Coast, I would think. Mm. Oh, Chicago. I really don't mm. know. Chicago <laughs> is a great place to go to. And you know what? It's also the home of uh, the folks behind Distant Worlds. Yep. Um, it is. So, yeah. And uh, is, yeah. I've had many, many a conversation with the good folks at, uh, at Distant Worlds. So. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I, I mean, you you timed the the one over in uh, tri-state area for a Distant Worlds concert. You could probably get yeah, the same I in Chicago got to go at some point. Stage at that one, I, I was nice. very lucky. I knew no who was there, so I took the opportunity. Oh, yeah. And uh, Arnie <laughs> called me. It was like ten minutes. I was in a cab somewhere, and Arnie Roth, the um, mm-hmm. everybody knows Arnie. I don't need to introduce him. And he calls me and says, uh, "Look, um, nobody's available. Do you want to stop by?" So I was like, "Geez, I was just told the taxi driver to put his foot down." So that was really, <laughs> really special moment and it was That's actually cool. quite funny that when we we lined it up with another one in toronto and uh when you spend tens of thousands of dollars at the hotel they give you access to a fancy little breakfast bar <laughs> and there i was on the top floor it's like i don't know it's like 30 or 40 floors high and uh, there's arnie roth in his pjs <laughs> and uh picking out his bacon and i went up behind him i was like morning arnie and guard a little bit because he said he didn't have time to special guest at Kubacon, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's bizarre when moment. you see those kind of people. Like I can remember PAX East uh, three or four years ago, seeing Naoki Yoshida at the Starbucks, just yeah. in in like whatever he probably slept in. You know, it was like you know you could walk around in it, but we're just like, hey, and he goes, you know, like how are you? He just goes, oh, so tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was at a convention once where I was in a hot tub with Nobu. <laughs> Right, oh my god new like challenge level <laughs> right, <geez. laughs> are you a real fan if you somehow ended yeah, up in right. a hot tub at a fan gathering yeah. with, with one like of the you're... staff oh sure or people what, uh, affiliated that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so with with kupokan alex i'm really curious um how do you get support for this i mean where does where does the money come from because obviously you got to pay uh the the venue you got to pay mm-hmm. guests like how do you how does that all that work what tell us you your like secrets yeah. well um, <laughs> as i said before we started casting the drugs do bring a lot to it now um <laughs> I, i'll be frank the first one um i put the entire thing on a personal credit card mm. Ooh. uh and actually the truth is i continue to do so um, when we sell all our tickets through Eventbrite and, mm-hmm. um, our, between the tickets and the merchandise that we sell and everything that we produce for merchandise is made by a team of talented artists. We're able to recoup the entire project. Right. Um, cool. on occasion we will make a loss, um, but not enough that we can't pull it back from one of our bigger events. So mm-hmm. we, we're not like sitting on this pile of cash, mm-hmm. but we, we are self-sufficient. We've never mm-hmm. taken a sponsor. We never will. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the first one, the first Kubacon costs like, I don't know, it was like somewhere between 30 and 50,000 US dollars. Mm-hmm. And oh. uh, I put the whole thing on my personal credit card. So oh, if it had God. gone wrong, I would have lost um, and I've continued to put it on my personal credit card ever since. So, like, it's great for my. Yeah, your credit's excellent. Um, actually, it is. Yeah, I recently upped my credit. Now, I think my one of my cards is like forty-five thousand, fifty thousand. And uh, but that may seem great, but that's like really not because like I, the the venues can cost you know somewhere between ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a day. 
Yeah. Wow. So it uh, it's Accident crazy. Out. And then and you know like one thing that blows people's minds is that we don't actually charge for things like artist alley table. You just have mm. to have a ticket and apply for them. Wow. Whereas you know most conventions charge you yeah. somewhere between a hundred to maybe five hundred dollars a mm. table. So how we do it, I, I don't know, but it works. So, so either I'm balancing the books wrong or everything's fine. But I think, in the, like, I'm not going not gonna to lie to you. Like, if it wasn't for the magnitude of support on our merch on the day, yes, we'd be doomed. Um, so that really does, that really carries us through. But, yeah, we, we are completely self-sufficient. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, what led you to decide to never take sponsors? Um it's kind of a it's kind of a damned if you do and damned if you don't if you don't mm -hmm. have a sponsor then you don't have a pile of cash mm -hmm. if you do take a sponsor you open yourself to legal issues because we are a fan event so and you know um when when i went to square um, in the first place with this idea they gave me some rules and what i should do and if you bring in a third party sponsor it can reflect poorly or mm. or even positively on them even though we're not associated so it's just cleaner not to have mm. a sponsor you Makes know um, i mean when i say we've never had a sponsor we may have had someone who's given us a free gift or something but sure. that's really <laughs> we've never taken money from any whatsoever hmm. um what are some of your favorite events that you do at kubocon the after party is always fun. Um, <laughs> I distinctly remember, and as many attendees will, um, most people know the TV show uh, Deal or No Deal. Um, we did Gill or No Gill um, <laughs> at uh, Glasgow, mm. and uh, I I was I was absolutely trashed drink wise. Um, someone bought me a drink every round. Uh, <laughs> Liam Mulvey, the voice of Libertas Ostium from Kingsglaive, was the oh, yeah. um, contestant, and all boxes <laughs> had Final Fantasy logos on. And yeah, I'm not going to lie, I have never been that drunk in my life. Um, <laughs> in fact, halfway through it, in public. Um, we picked up, yeah, I was wearing like a blue lipstick. I had a blonde <laughs> wig on. Wow. Um, and Excellent. at one point, halfway through, I forget the name of the track. What's the track from Final Fantasy IX, the flamenco track? You know, the one where uh, they're sword Oh, fighting. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that song comes on, yeah. and I grab out two foam swords, and I'm like smacking Liam in the face with this sword <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> like, it's, it's like nothing you've ever seen. We do chocobo races on uh, space hoppers. Um, oh, we man. do one called the Thunder Plains, where basically you're blindfolded, and if you uh, yellow spots on the ground, we basically throw you out. Uh, awesome. we we've done oh god the list is endless um right. but you know a lot of what we we did in the beginning is we we class them as fates which is very 14 mm -hmm. um, mm. and if you don't know what a fate is then we we've got some serious issues <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a whole other uh, so thing the fate the fate music would come on and we'd throw up a random task like oh get ready to participate in chocobo ranch extreme and all sorts <laughs> of different things so we we you know like it's very special moment to be in london there's a thousand people sat in front of you you and your co-host are dressed up in chocobo outfits at the front and there are 1000 1000 to 1500 yellow balloons being thrown through the audience with little diamonds in and you're ready to pick them <laughs> off with the little pins in your beaks trust me i've lived a life 
you haven't seen anything until you've seen the voice of Noctis doing that. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I remember that that at, at Vancouver getting a front row exactly. seat to that. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's quite something. Oh man! Um, before before we we finish up here, um, what advice would you give to somebody that's looking to start some kind of small um, fan event? Don't don't touch my business. Um, <laughs> no. It's not a business though, because you're not really making profit. You're right, but it's still my my realm. Don't come into <laughs> my don't, realm. Don't take I'm his like thing. Just, just let them let them do the states, and you don't have to worry no. about the states. <laughs> no, no. You know the thing is, is that I would advise them to think very carefully about the serious implications of doing so there's a lot of people who will plan a gathering of sorts um only call it a gathering if that's what you intend to do but once you reach my level i'm not gonna lie uh there are days where i cannot even believe we we can still do what we do like we've actually reached a point where we set up i think it was about a year and a half ago we set up a patreon account mm -hmm. uh because we or i specifically spend way too much time working on this project and that has had a big impact on on the day-to-day -day. um i guess yeah if someone wants to do it and they've got the passion to do it go for it but uh i i, I really mean it there is so much work that has to go into one of these it is like you you can't really understand until you're sat in a hotel you've just had a call, call that quentin flynn who is the voice of axel and uh, the voice mm. of uh, reno is his flight's been cancelled because of snow on the east coast and you've got Romy, robbie damon the voice mm. of prompto halfway down the country because he can't find his train tickets <laughs> and the bands just walked out on you and uh, one of your volunteers has missed their flight and this that you you know you haven't lived until you've experienced the logistical nightmare that is Kubacon. Yeah. so basically yeah if you've got this idea and you want to do it just don't it's not worth it <laughs> <laughs> no but the, the thing to the thing that anyone will take away from a Kubacon, and the thing that i've taken away and as sappy as it may sound is the friendships and right. some people may say that I'm just saying that, but I'm not. I've I've met a lot of cool people, um, and it's a never-ending roller coaster of just meeting really fabulous people. Mm -hmm. um, you also, from time to time, meet a lot of horrible people, but right. on but generally, it really gives you um, I don't know. It gives you a sense of warmth. You know, it's wonderful mm -hmm. to walk into a room and and know so many people and, and even though mm. you don't really know them they all love the exact same thing as you you know right you know right. i'm disgusted i've been like here for what 30 minutes you haven't even asked me what class i play on 14. Like, <laughs> like, you, about you, you should your be event asking. though oh, I well care. now i want event. to know we're here to talk yeah. about 14. yeah i mean now i want to know it i mean what's your class what's your main well, i was a dragoon i was uh, okay. a dragoon but okay. then um Careful, Alex. I really, I really enjoyed Heaven's <laughs> Word. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. was not a big a fan of Stormblood. I really liked mm. the music in it. Yeah. And now I'm kind of leaning towards Samurai. If you, uh, okay. if you know, if oh, Salmon Lamb. <laughs> yeah, the traditional uh, Dragoon Exodus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you're not you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of regretting my decision though because all the weapons mm. look the same. Ah. It's true. Yeah, they're pretty similar. The katana. Yeah. Don't no, worry. It's, it's all kind of like whatever. But it was yeah. the same with being a dragoon, really. They're all just sticks. <laughs> Fill your pain with books, and then every once in a while they make oh, a yeah. decision, and there's a new book, and I'm like, why would anyone want that? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> 
How big uh, are those pixels on the pages? Large, very large. <laughs> before oh, the before dance we dance with frisbees. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's, you're not wrong there. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, Alex, um, what uh, is coming up for for KupoCon? What uh, what plans? What what shows do you have? Okay, oh, uh, February we're off mm-hmm. to Glasgow. Then after that we are in Montreal in April. But we do have three Final Fantasy VII launch party. Uh, we have one. This is how cool I am. On Thursday, we're hosting a launch party, which I think is February 29th. Don't hold me to that. Um, it might not be. I think it's 27th. Anyway, the Thursday, we're hosting one in Vancouver. Then the uh, Saturday night, we're hosting one in Toronto. And then on the launch night of seven, on the Monday night, we're hosting one in London, England. Ooh. So we're traveling the whole thing in four days. And uh, so we booked out basically uh, fancy hotels and nightclubs for all three. And we do have a special guest for for those, but um, Mm. I won't say who just yet. And then so then, uh, as I said, February, we've got Glasgow. April, we've got Montreal. Uh, September, we're back in London. October, we're in uh, Melbourne, Australia. And uh, we do have a few others uh, in the pipeline. um, But I'm not ready to show on those just yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, and thank you for, for everything you do with KupoCon. I went to Vancouver. I thought it was really great. I'm glad that there's mm-hmm. something like this um, and that it's it's around the world now. Like right. going back, going to Australia, like that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. We're actually um, working on one in Japan right now to where I'm oh. for 2022. So. Wow. wow. That would be a blast. You know, yeah. that's that's a good year. That's going to be the 20th anniversary for Eleven. Mm-hmm. And there's there's well, supposedly just, something look, big that they're I'm working on. I'm going to tell on, you so. something, and uh, it's something I publicly say. I cannot get my head around eleven. I've tried desperately. I just That's cannot. Fair. That's fair. Um, right. So I am desperately <laughs> waiting for them to push out this mobile game. Oh, aren't we all? So please, just you know, just give me any kind of NPC with an icon above their bloody head, so I can at least have some idea where I'm going. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. <laughs> oh. All right, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so. <laughs> much for joining us uh for everybody tuning in here we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back here in a few minutes yeah. we're back what's up everybody hi uh, hello so uh that was alex bain make sure to check out KupoCon. um see if yeah. there's something coming up near you it's a lot of fun uh make sure to check it out so we'll have uh, links in all the stuff where we link the links so check that out yeah, yeah and it's awesome too because like we were talking about with fan fest and everything but those only happening every other year Wherever you are in the world, if you keep an eye out for cons and stuff like that, that's an extra event that you can go to. Or, you know, if you just can't it's afford like, to swing it for FanFest, like, it's a great opportunity to go and get to still get, you know, get some fun time with the community. Right. There's yeah. more than one. There's, like, three or four, right? Yeah. And oh, yeah. apparently they have other, like, specific events, like the, like, um, the launch party. I didn't know that they were yeah. doing that. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, um, 14 yeah. events in three years. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, that's so I just can't believe that he pockets them on his cart like the first time. Like yeah, he just took a risk oh my God. and went, I hope Absolutely that people not. show up to this. Like that's a huge yeah. leap of Brave. faith. Holy cow. That's <laughs> um, so we're going to go kind of backwards today. Um, we wanted to get Alex done first because he was on a bit of a time crunch. So uh, now we're going to jump into news. Um, so Starlight Celebration is live right now um, through December 31st. So make sure to uh, jump in there. Uh, it starts off at the uh, amphitheater in Gridania. You'll be able to get your Saintly Chocobo Bardeen, your Gubu Wreath, your choir concert advertisement poster, your Starlight Roll Cake Furnishing, and 
or Starlight, De Chocobo, Orchestrian Roll. I love the little Easter egg that they snuck into the scene oh, for yes. this. Have you seen this yet? No. What so, is it? so you do, you, you're the conductor, right? It's the mm-hmm. musical thing again. Um, but this year, if you do the Chocobo song, it gives you a little shot behind you of the little, the seats in the amphitheater. Yeah. And sitting there is Alpha and Omega. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. 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 I, I teared up a little love bit. That. I'm not going to lie. It's so <laughs> like, this is so cute. He knows so the you, meaning you of first Starlight. Walk in, too, even, even before the, uh, yeah. the conducting part, when you first yeah. walk in, you're chilling there on the side. Yeah. They're just like yeah. coming in. They're like, oh, hi, buddy. Yeah. My favorite part about uh, the, the little game part is mm. I'm like, where is this operatic voice coming from? It's the chocobo. The chocobo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like the, the like grandiose like lifted neck. Oh, that's the chocobo opera. Yes. The chocobo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, if you weren't around this time last year, uh, last year's starlight items are available on the Mog Station. So you get your choir attire, your starlight sentinel tree, your starlight donut basket, your indoor mm-hmm. snowman, your open twinkle boxes, your starlight star bright orchestrian roll. All up on the Mog Station. Um, also, the there's a. Yeah. The other screen, yeah. I like the Chocobo one. I appreciate that they added like vocals to that. Yeah. I wasn't was expecting great. that. I appreciate that. Um, there's a new uh, screenshot sweepstakes. Um, take a screenshot together with your trusty Chocobo companion that showcases you both enjoy the Starlight Celebration. Um, entry period is between now and January 3rd. Um, you can get yourself a scarf of wondrous wit, an Armand Choker, a Mandragor Choker, a Bluebird Earring. Noble Barding or a Gale Cap, so make sure to check out the Lodestone yep. if you want that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you guys? I don't know. This is a, a mini tangent. Do you guys remember mm-hmm. when, when the like trying to find the Bluebird minion was it like a thing? Oh, like yeah. pe- oh, people thought that it like yeah. dropped from a hidden chest in like Coil Three. Like, <laughs> did you <laughs> oh ever have gosh. that one? Yeah, no, jump into Coil Three, ever... spend like an hour just trying to jump, you know, find every jump pad just to see if you could find that one chest that might have the. I'm, it was wow. a thing. That was a thing yeah. that we did. Um... <laughs> I mean, I don't hate. I don't hate the idea of little secret minions like yeah. hidden around certain that'd maps be, or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty fun, especially if it's a hundred percent drop rate. Yeah, but yeah, I that'd mean, be great. I, I, I remember, I remember getting the uh, the the demon uh, the demon wall minion from. Uh, oh yeah. What's it um, called? Back in the day, a lot of, and then and then like a week later, people just didn't even bother getting the chest. I'm like, but the minion. Yeah, they didn't. I love that minion. Everybody has it. Great. Yeah, yeah. Um, season 14 of the feast is gonna be released early. Um, however, people were beca- really excited, so they were like, "All right, here you go." Right, sure, <laughs> but because of this, they weren't able to prepare certain rewards. Um, so stuff like the wolf collars that you would get if you were top 10, um, and stuff like the ranking tier rewards won't be obtainable. Other rewards mm-hmm. and titles will still be available during, uh, including the, the top ranking player trophy. So yep. you get, you get most of it. Um, yeah. this time around, um, top 100 ranked players will get, uh, a motorcycle mount, which is yeah. really crazy. weird looking. Yeah. It's, yeah. It is strange. It, it's, it's like, they, I like it. It's yeah. it's like red and gold, and it reminds me of like the weapons that uh, uh, like what's the name of the guy? It's it's like all my name days have come at once. Like that guy, he had like the weird <laughs> like it reminds me of some of the stuff he used in that fight in, right. in the castle. Like it, it's mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, we'll also be seeing some additional adjustments coming to PvP actions uh, and Ansal Hakar in patch five point one eight. 
Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. We might be getting that patch early as well. So, yeah. or we may not. It could change. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, new merch is available for pre-order. We were talking about this yeah. last week. Fusion was like, "Where is this stuff? Here it is." I know. I just and Fusion, I want to point you totally out, anticipated some stuff. I want to point out that this yeah. has happened several times. Where I'll say. Yeah. Where is this stuff? Or I'll be like casually chatting with somebody that works at Square. I'm like, yeah, I imported this stuff because it's still not on the NA site. And the next day, <laughs> it'll go up on the. I, I don't. It's like they're all like, oh, that's right. We needed your, to put that up. Your house is tapped. Yes. Right? That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> because um, you like the merch is talking about where's the merch again, guys? Yes. We need yeah. on this. They right? use you as the hard deadline. They're like, too oh, late. Fusion's too talking late. about I already it. We got to do it. it. If Fusion's house was tapped, we would have at least one pop from Final Fantasy XIV. Because they would know. I mean, so so you say that. I don't I don't think I can easily reach it. I do have uh-huh. the the dragon from Monster Hunter. Technically, yeah. technically, technically, technically that's a Final Fantasy XIV pop. Which is the only reason I bought it, because that's how my mind works. Anyway. Uh, yay, justification. Um, the acrylic stands that we saw um, months ago um, are now available for pre-order. Um, they're currently discounted, so you can get Ardbert, Yustola, Emmet Selk, the Crystal Exarch, Urianje, and then mm-hmm. as sets you can get uh, Thancred and Reen, and then Alphino and Alice. Um, I don't know about the others. Last night I looked, Alphino and Alice are sold out. Their waiting yeah. list, which sucks because like that's one I would get. Mm-hmm. Um, the prices for these are I don't understand. They're tiered very weird. Like I, uh, it was what Ardbert was like $17.99 and then like Urian J and some of the other ones go up to like $19.99 but then the set ones are like 22 bucks like it's <laughs> really weird yeah I think I'm like the so amount of material that goes into yeah. it well, like right, sets but, are kind of smaller. but the, the set well the sets look the same they're, they're close to the same size like I looked in the item description so I it's they're either overcharging for the singles or they're taking a loss on the sets that's Ooh. all I can but the so. one nice thing is that I love these acrylic stands because just like we were talking about last week, a lot of those figurines that are so gorgeous that not everybody can afford, like these yes. stands give you something mm-hmm. that is like having that. And the artwork is gorgeous on them yes. and they don't take up a ton of space and they're not super, super expensive, which no. honestly is a win-win. Although I am curious about what causes like the little discrepancies between them, but yeah. um, I think it's a nice offering. It's a nice option. Mm-hmm. Now, do beware if you have not finished Shadowbringers. The Crystal Exarch acrylic kind of is a spoiler, a little bit. Just, just a it's little a bit. It's a spoiler. If you, if you know yeah. your NPCs, he does not yeah. have the hood on. And yes. so people that see that so might I'll go, it up. oh, so yeah. that's a thing. Um, yeah. The new job pins are also available. Um, Gunbreaker, Dancer, Blue Mage, and then all of the uh, Disciples of uh, Land and Hand. Mm-hmm. Um, those will be arriving um, within February of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the art book is also up for pre-order. Um, don't even get it from Square. Like I, I know I say this all the time. Yeah. Um, they were smart. You can get this book on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. It's also being sold at other retailers as well. Um, Amazon's price has already dropped. Um, retail is $39.99, but on Amazon right now it's $29.99. 47 which yep. is actually closer to the japanese price because the japanese price is only 30 bucks yeah so mm-hmm. they're all they were already overcharging us by like 10 bucks and we get it a month later but at least now it's on amazon if you have prime it's free shipping and then they adjusted the price so if you pre-order it now you get the pre-order price guarantee mm-hmm. and so you're paying the same as japan even better 
Yep. Uh, the Square Enix book account on Twitter um, earlier this week was answering some questions, and they said that the English book and the Japanese book will be printed on the same press. So we will we not get something a crappier you also talked quality about NA book. <laughs> finally, like I'm yeah. s- like. I, I saw that tweet, and I was just like, thank you. <laughs> like, it's about time. Right. I saw oh. you retweet the tweet, and I just heard, like, like angels singing in yeah, the background, like, light descending on you, finally. You've I just, realized. I, I'm so happy. I am so happy. Let me burst your bubble. <laughs> yeah. This may not mean we get the good quality one. This may mean Japan gets the bad quality <laughs> Well, that's, well that's, hopefully not. So here's, here's the thing, right? Correct, right? You're not wrong. Like, it could be yeah. we both get the same lower quality, like, but no. there's no superior version. And that's yeah. that's what's important when you're dealing with merchandise for a global audience. Well, and no, it's, I believe, it's... Can anybody confirm? The Amazon version also comes with a Dulia Chai Minion, yeah? Yes. Yeah, it's yes. the same so, book. It's... Exact same book. Yeah. Yep. So, Which is go. adorable. I'm so happy. And she has her husband under her arm. Yes. So funny. That's it's great. very cute. I love it. Uh, <laughs> make sure to check out uh, the Gamerscape Twitter feed. Uh, we retweeted this out a few times. We do have an Amazon affiliate link, so if you buy it from that, will help. Uh, it will help us out a little bit. So make sure to check that out. But yeah, definitely buy it on Amazon if you're going to buy the art book. Um, yes, that's, that's the best way to get it. Uh, it'll mm-hmm. be cheaper. You'll just shipping will be decent, yeah. and you don't need Screw Enix members points anyway because they're stupid. I hate that system. Um, <sighs> Also, you know what? I did see one thing on there that that I was interested in, and it's a okay. it's a double belt thing. They have those cloth grocery bags. <laughs> if if I, I would be less salty about their their members rewards if one of their members rewards wasn't a, a CD sleeve for one of the fourteen soundtracks that was a it just came with the thing if you yeah. bought it in Japan. Yeah, but no, you have to spend they have like books on there though. Yeah. From collector's editions. It's leftover stuff from uh, collector's editions. There's, there's it is. one. I think the Heavensward one was actually a real one. I don't know. I from the, the, from the collector's edition. That's the thing. It's, it it's a, just a all one. this stuff. Okay. They have like the yo-yos or buttons from like Kingdom Hearts 3 pre-orders that they had extra of and they need to get rid of somehow. Like mm. it's just like there's some nice stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I've got my. Can you see? I got Too like small. my. My, yeah, my, my acrylic stand for uh, oh, ARR yeah. and Heaven's Word, like, that thing mm-hmm. took me forever to save enough points for. Yeah, for, and those are cool, though. They're cool, yeah, and you yeah. can't get those anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, but man, the amount of money you have to give Square Enix's crappy store to get those, it's, I, mean, I don't know if it's worth You just pre-order Seven's crazy edition, and you'll, you'll get something. <laughs> <laughs> you'll get something from that. Yeah. Um, also now up uh for pre-order is that uh, Heidelin vs. Zodiac shirt that we saw uh, a couple of live letters ago. They are in NA sizes. Yep. So, like, they're they're doing it. They're they're being good with merch. Now if they can only (laughs) just put everything on Amazon. Um, That'll be available. Uh, The site originally did say January, but that was an error they announced, so it should be available uh, sometime in February as well. Mm. So, uh, if you want any of that stuff, Get it now. I mean, like I said, Alpha yes. and Ali say it sounds like they're already on waiting list, so don't wait. <laughs> um, also, yeah, I put all of that stuff in in a cart. I was totally gonna get it, and then when they were like, "Here's the shipping. It's fifty dollars," I was like, "You know what? Don't so, need it." Yeah. So yeah, their shipping is absurd. I had a a friend had a couple of small items in a cart, and he showed me the screenshot. the The options were like, it was like ten bucks for like five to eight day shipping, or it was like 
40 bucks for overnight. Those are the two options. Yeah. The worst like... part is uh, I was I was going to get like three of the different stands. I was going to get mm-hmm. the art book and I was going to get the dancer pen. Mm-hmm. So it was over $75, which yeah. is the free shipping, except if it's pre-order. And yeah. all of that stuff is pre-order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, why? Or, why does that matter? Or or, or, or free shipping on pre-orders? No. I didn't realize that. Yeah. What? Because, why? Um, it'll ship at different times, so they can't put it in one box. No, there's a button where you can say "ship all this when yeah, it's all time. ready." Um, then I don't and know. I and, 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 and it was like fifty dollars, please. Right, wow. and here's the other issue. And this was this was what I was gonna say <laughs> before we went off on this. <laughs> so when <laughs> I I added all that stuff, right? Because I'm like. Mm-hmm. I kind of want it all. I don't need it all. I probably won't buy it all. I'll probably pick and choose a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I had a bunch of stuff in the cart, and it wanted to charge me. Initially, out of the gate, all of these things have are you know grouped release dates, right? Like all the acrylic yeah. things are going to ship at once. All the pins are going to be available at the same time. It had initially by default eleven bucks Each to ship every thing. single fucking item in that <laughs> <Yeah>. cart. <laughs> what? <laughs> $11. That is ridiculous. Like yeah. it was like I it ended up adding like another like a hundred bucks worth of shipping <laughs> to my order. And I'm like, this is why I tell people not to use your store. <laughs> so I I canceled mine. I went yeah. and I looked on Amazon. Actually, before uh we we tweeted about it, I was like, I wonder. There it is on Amazon. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. and then it, it's the first time of, they've done that. Yes, yeah, so yeah. yay for that. And so then buy it and so they'll maybe do more of that in the future. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you can avoid their store. <laughs> I went to Etsy and bought uh, a keychain soul stone of Dancer instead of the pin. Thank you. Wow. All right. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, I mean, it is really frustrating. But I am really, really happy that, especially after we were talking about this last week, we literally, as of this week, have seen some changes that that show their thinking and, like, looking ahead with all of this. So... I'm 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 a little more hopeful than I usually am, but the mm-hmm. the, the the big issue is still their store sucks. Like, I, <laughs> great, give us more items, give us more more merch, but also like, get a new store <laughs> or like just put it on <laughs> an, you know an existing storefront that right. doesn't suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as harsh as that sounds, I do it from a place of love and wanting to right. give Square money, yeah. and they make it <laughs> difficult. Give you money. Don't make it so hard to give you money. Um, <laughs> So there you go. Um, I still don't know like what acrylic. I'm, I'm thinking I'll probably get the Emmett Silk acrylic. Eh. I, I want I Emmett want... Exarch. I want those too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Alphano and Alice, but now that they're like gone, I'm like, well, do I even get any of them now? Like, ah, like <laughs> at the end of the day, I want that shirt. So I'll be at least getting the shirt. And since I'm already going to be paying outrageous shipping from them, I'll probably add some other it stuff in the card. So. Yeah, Yeah, but Fusion did bring up a great point um, and also elaborated uh, further on Twitter. If you are ordering from that store and you notice when you put those things in the cart, the shipping is insane, make sure that you look to see if there is a toggle you can click for shipping everything together. Because by default, their store does say, you know, I'm going to charge most of the time per item for shipping Mm, because for whatever reason, the default is not just to bundle your order together and and get you the best price. And the best best part, because I I played around with this a little bit with the cart because I'm like, this is really weird. Like, why is it doing this? There's got to be a better way. So I had like, I had one one job pin in my cart and it was like, Mm. it's $5.99 to ship separately by itself. Yeah. And that I then went and added a bunch of other stuff. Suddenly it's costing ten ninety nine to ship that pin and ten ninety nine to ship everything else in that order individually. I don't know what their store is doing. 
but they need to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that can't be right. It's no. strange. It's I'm crazy. just I'm just hoping that when uh, FanFest rolls around, all that crap will be uh, something yeah. that I can pick up physically, not pay shipping. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to to their credit, Square killed it with merch for the first yeah. time at FanFest this, this past yeah. circuit. So um, it shouldn't be any worse than that going forward, which is good. Yes. Yeah. It's just a matter of availability and, you know, traditionally, like, NA sizes for for wearables is, is usually mm-hmm. an issue because i mean they've had shirts on in the store forever but they're like random ones they have like left over from fan fest and they're like some of them are japanese only sizes because they were yeah. only sold in japan and so it's like you know that's like you take like a large in, ja- in japan that's like a medium here if not you know like a large or small like it's their sizes are way different yeah. so mm-hmm. um to see na sizes up there is, makes me very happy yeah so um so that is it for news um but that's not all we have emails we have multiple emails with an s (laughs) yeah we have thanks guys it's so great to hear from everybody yay um so yeah (laughs) uh this (laughs) first one comes from uh mithra and scarlet of gilgamesh says hello gamerscape in the past few shows rook has mentioned uh oh the put putting you on Yep. It's, it's all oh, you. I'm what ready. Did, I'm what did ready. You do? What did you do that there was an email? Oh, I'm no. sorry. Rick has mentioned quite a few times now uh, that some people should just go to Party Finder or other outlets to get a group together to do older content synced and or at minimal uh, minimum eye level. I think she even said to not do synced X Primals and Duty Finder because mm-hmm. some mentors may not like that. I've been playing the game since 3.4. But when I was new, I wanted to experience all the content, quote, the way it was meant to be played. <laughs> uh, I absolutely love doing synced content and minimum eye level sometimes because I like that feeling of challenge and difficulty much more than just how easy it is to do them unsynced or undersized. Um, do you mind top- if I... Yeah, go, go oh, for it. Say, do you mind oh. if I pop it right here? Because the rest, um, I'm so glad, Mithrin, that you messaged because it was it's a big email, but there was so much in here that is so good to talk about. And I wanted to address this like first paragraph just really quickly mm-hmm. um, since it had to do with me. But also, <laughs> um, yeah, I we've talked about this a bit. The idea of some of these older fights and things like that, um, especially for new players who come into the game. And like you're exactly saying, like I was the exact same myself. When I first got into it, I duty findered a lot of these. And I was just like, this is what we've done for everything else. And I really want to do this fight. And I really want to experience it because I was mm-hmm. so excited and passionate about the game that I wanted to engage with those fights in that kind of higher difficulty just because I loved feeling those stakes be raised. Um, Something I did definitely want to say though is that specifically when it comes to like telling people not to do Synced X Primals and Duty Finder because mentors may not like it, like I wanna just clarify really fast Mm -hmm. that honestly that advice that I give to new players never ever ever comes from a place of like don't do this because mentors don't want to have to do it you know like Mm -hmm. it's never that um i think like we talked about a few weeks ago if mentors enter into a mentor roulette they should be prepared to teach any and all content that's on that roulette and so like personally i always stay in those and i always try to teach usually whenever i advise people to try and find other means whether that's like a static or a discord that's dedicated to old content or it's party finding it's just because I want people to be able to make the best use of their time possible, right? So like, if you're party-findering a group and you're trying to do that X, 
you may be in Party Finder for a long time trying to find a group that will actually do it with you, but during that time, you can craft, you can blue mage, you can, you know, go around the world, you can work on story, you can do, mm -hmm. there's so much New stuff game that you plus. can do. Yeah. New Game Plus, like, there there's go. so much stuff that you can get into, or if you're coordinating with a group, and, you know, you it takes a while, but you get a group together, and you say, hey, we're all going to go in and do Titan X on Saturday. You have your time, you have your queue, and people know what those expectations are. I think the big problem with like going in through duty finder for some of these fights is that the amount of time that gets wasted is insane because you go in and then half the party drops or you know a mentor who's not really fulfilling their duty gets frustrated and leaves and then people who are really passionate about those fights have really negative experiences right. because they just want to do it and they don't know why everybody's leaving you know yeah. so i wanted to clarify about that because it's never the kind of thing where I think that like it's on people for doing duty finder. Like it's your fault that you did duty finder. Yeah. Like it's never that. <laughs> how dare it's, you try and do content? How dare you? Yeah. It's, it's just that um, there are ways to make sure you're optimizing your time. And Mithrin goes on in this letter, so Fusion, I'll let you take it away, to talk about exactly some of the problems that we have currently with old content. So, I mean, yeah, go, go, go. Go into the rest okay. of the letter. Uh, the main topic I yeah. want to bring up is that it's way too difficult right now to create groups to do older content, uh, synced and at minimum eye level, because you can sit in Party Finder for days and never come close to filling it. And as someone who helps manage and participates in a few different Discord groups dedicated to doing this, um, it can still take an unreasonable amount of time to do so. The biggest problem right now is that Final Fantasy XIV does not make going back and doing older content at a synced or minimum eye level rewarding enough. Uh, the most common response is there's no point when you try to get people together to do this. Thankfully, uh, you can get a few of the level 50 X primals to actually pop in Duty Finder sometimes during prime time, but the only ones actually queuing for it are complete green leaves who don't know better. In yeah. quote, that's that's they don't know better. Why would you <laughs> why would you queue for an X an, an EX primal in Duty Finder? Um, and mentors uh, who rage quit instantly. Uh, I regularly queue for these and run them with green leaves for fun and try and help coach them, though, uh, even though some of them are completely uncoachable and clearly aren't ready for this kind of content yet. Uh, but it simply is not possible for things like 60 and 70 content now, especially EX primals and savage raids. Um, it's it's interesting. The the the, the specifically the part about um, 14 not making going back and doing older content mm -hmm. synced or at minimum eye level rewarding enough we were just talking about this yep. um with the blue mage update yep <laughs> <laughs> um granted you would have to do this content on blue mage which blue that's a whole other thing right um but they're they're kind of starting to experiment with it a little bit um yeah. i mean obviously they need to um let people do this on like not blue mage jobs in right. order to you know may maybe you know they can do a uh some kind of achievement with a mount and say, you know, do yeah. this thing or whatever on any job that you want, mm -hmm. but saying to minimum my level, like that would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'd um, be really cool. Yeah. Um, they go on to say, I often get in the mood to do Sophia extreme or Omega to savage, but getting groups for that uh, in any reasonable amount of time frame is almost impossible. You have things like Chloe's tales that allow mm -hmm. uh, and reward you for doing it unsynced, uh, which only makes the problem worse. Uh, what I love Yoshida for is, um, what I would love for Yoshida to do is to create a hard mode Chloe Sales where you're forced mm -hmm. to do older content synced or at minimum my level, uh, where you can get silver tokens for synced and silver plus gold for minimum my level, and then use those tokens for exclusive horizontal cosmetic rewards such as glamour, minions, mounts, titles, 
emails, furniture, and whatever else they would uh, that would actually be compelling enough to get people to do this on a regular basis. I love that idea. Yes, it's a great um, idea. It's I so good. It's, yeah. Um, you can also uh, argue that even if you do minimum eye level now for older content, that it's still not the purest experience because many jobs have had rotations and skills changed, so you never truly sure. get to experience it the way yeah. that it was meant to be Ooh. done. Uh, that's a fair argument, but I still want to yeah. do it anyway, and I wish that it was a more convenient and possible and rewarding to do so. What are your thoughts on this? As 14 gets older, uh, more and more content becomes obsolete, um, as Yoshida says, and it's really sad for any new player who wants to experience content this way. Can you imagine somebody who's just started a few months ago and really wants to try Zerven EX Synced or Omega 9S? Thanks yeah. for the reading. Um, yeah. That's a fair that's a fair point. Um, yeah. I disagree I have with no the solutions. purest experience. Because... <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, jobs have changed a lot. And you go sure. back and you're synced, and yeah, at, at some levels, some jobs just feel horrible. I mean, like, oh yeah, that's true. yeah, you get synced down to fifty, and I'm like, I just don't want to be here. I mean, you know, I would, I would love to see a lot of these ideas of of bringing in new new incentives to do content synced, but with that, there's yeah. a little quality of life adjustment we've talked about a few times on here. Uh -huh. Let us use all our damn actions. At any level. Sure, sure, sure. Let us unlock them at 80 or whatever. Like, that's fine. But if I'm going back into something, don't make me go, okay, what was my level 30 rotation? Oh, right. It was three buttons. And that's it. That's all. I have three buttons. I know they design the jobs for whatever the cap is at the end of a beginning expansion. So, like, you're 50, you're 60, you're 70, you're 80. Those rotations are what the jobs were designed for. And yes. anywhere in between, uh, you're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would then, I would even go so yeah. far to say as for for more casual players. I mean, because you know, a more casual player they might do an occasional you know uh, roulette with a lower level dungeon or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, having that full rotation available is only going to help them in the long run. Yeah, learn. Um, yes. It's 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 not it's it's if anything it's hurting Lower stress players content because mm -hmm. they're rotation. yeah. I yeah. mean it's it's make yeah it, absolutely so it's uh, tough I because i think mm -hmm. this harkens back to an even bigger issue right like we've been talking about this a ton with the idea of eureka and or whatever our new relic is going to be the idea of what makes for repeatable long-term content mm -hmm. and in mmos i think there's this big question of should all content be content that is run forever or is it okay for old content to expire in a sense and I feel like when they sort of made 14, they decided, you know, we want a lot of this content to be runnable, but we want people to have flexibility so that it doesn't prevent mm -hmm. them or hold them up. So as we see like older things get phased out, you know, there's the min eye level system, there's all these different things that you can do. But just like was pointed out in this message, you still get all the same rewards for doing that fight. Yeah. Even if that fight is unsynced, you know, whatever it is, you know, you've got your... Uh, undersized party, you've got min-eye level, whatever you've got, you get the exact same thing from it. And so it's it's just, it's frustrating because of course nobody's going to go back in and do them at level if you can just get yeah. the rewards from doing them unsynced. Why would you? Especially when so many of them are farms, you know? Yeah. If they had sort of changed this design mentality and said like, I don't know, uh, these fights are harder, but you have a 100% uh, drop chance if you clear this yeah. fight on the mount and you can only get the mount if you do it synced then i think we would see more people still running that but again mm -hmm. it comes back mm -hmm. to this problem of 
once most players have acquired it, are they going to even return to it? And um, we see that even with like Wondrous Tales now, some people yeah. have completely forgotten or overlooked that it even exists. The idea of something ongoing with that or like a hard version, I like that idea. It's just trying to figure out like how do we, you know, make some kind of reward that right. keeps people yeah. wanting to do this or make it so that they have to do it at a certain level so that players, you know, engage and then get that reward. Does yeah. that make sense? I mean, I, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I can remember when, when Wonders Tales came out and for, for a while, like that was something I tried to make sure to do every week and yeah. I couldn't tell you the last time I did it. It's just... No idea. Yeah, I mean, it, I I think part of it is because it's it's an idle share, right? So it's like in in an older area that nobody really goes to unless you're going there specifically to get that. Like, give us you know a, a friend of Chloe's in, look at on the, the first anymore, or something, right? Yeah, yeah. To see what I, their I have all are. my I have like maxed extra chances or whatever, and I they're not <laughs> yeah. getting used at people, all. It's people the same... don't go to see what's what the rewards are anymore, right? Yeah, so yeah. it may be something you actually want and would be helpful to you, and you just mm -hmm. don't know because you didn't bother to go check the book out. Yeah, yeah. Why would you go yeah. There? And that's kind of a hassle because, I mean, unless you're specifically going there for one, a lot of new players are going to blow through that zone and the stuff that used to be, you know, between you patch content. Oh. You're breaking up. Can you hear me? Can you say, hear me now? Say your sentence again. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so many new players are coming through, and they might blow through like Heaven Sword, and they've yeah. never spent that time that a lot of players during it spent, you know, between patches just doing Wondrous Tales, or and because there's, yeah. So people don't even know to go back there, and if you're a veteran player, you might not go back there because there's not really a reason unless you're doing some kind of old content, and we don't have like a new hub for it. Um, it's it's interesting trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, so, it's one of those things uh, I, I would love, you know, it, I wonder if if it would even be worth it to have have Chloe still be there, right? And and you can mm -hmm. go and redeem your stuff there. But why why couldn't the game just give you a new book at, at reset? Sure. Right. I mean, yeah. make it make it a little easier. I mean, you know, still let you like redeem last week's or something in there for a few mm -hmm. days or something. But, you know, if I log in like Tuesdays. Already. To... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. mean I saw somebody in chat mention, and chat, thank you, you've been weighing in on this here. Um, I saw somebody in chat mention almost kind of like WoW does, which is that yes. idea of like a walk through history where exactly. there's some kind of event where they bring back some sort of old content at level, and then there's some reason for you to do it. And mm -hmm. I think that if they did incentivize it in some way, or if there was some reason to like go in, or it was just there on our roulettes, mm -hmm. and you would see it, it's just a hub you can open up no matter where you are in the game. You could click on that and you could do like, a, you know, this week the challenge is clear this thing at yeah. X level, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you get some kind mm -hmm. of reward or some kind of, I mean, currency isn't a, a bad idea, but yeah. then again, once people obtain that stuff, if it's not updated. I think well, something that, that they could do, I mean, because we've yeah. also, I mean, when, we, 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 when we've had Brian on before, we've talked about the idea of being able to do older dungeons at current levels and, the idea of some kind of a sync or scaling system. Um, but I, I, I like the idea of putting the dungeons on some kind of a rotation, not like the same yeah. kind of roulette thing we have right now, since, and that's going to be weird going forward with only one dungeon, but yeah. give us, give us, you know, every, every month, give us one dungeon. That's, you know, special in the duty finder. And if it's had, you know, dungeon specific glamors or something, give us uh you know like a hundred percent uh drop for yeah. the job we're on kind of reward at the end of the dungeon like they have mm -hmm. with with the recent expansions or 
go back and make them diable or, you know, if they're not, you know, they've done that with a lot of them already, but um, just something to, to incentivize us to go back and, and do some of them, I think would be nice and it would give us something extra to do. And I don't think that the development cost for them would be too great, but I, you know, they're also doing yeah, a lot of other stuff that I'm sure we haven't even seen yeah. yet. So who knows, you know, what kind of resources they actually have yeah. to spend right now. But, it would uh, be sort of, I don't know if this would be a terrible idea or a good idea. Mm. So I will present the idea and then okay. you tell me if it's good or bad. Here's the idea. Okay. So we have a problem between new players not having the tools and resources that fight and mentors bailing or not mm -hmm. engaging with teaching the fights. So what if we had as part of the mentor roulette or something like a mentor board or a weekly thing where mm -hmm. you had some kind of, I don't know, challenge as a mentor, you know, uh, go into this instance with like your mentor tag on or something yeah. like there'd be some kind of new thing you could toggle and, you know, clear this fight three times with new parties. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know if there would be a reward system off of it or if there would just be some kind of even ranking system of mentors. Right. I don't know. But something that would say like, hey, here's a task. Go do this task. Help people through it. And you have mm -hmm. to do it safe. Mm -hmm. Like that might be interesting. But it could also be awful. Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I could see it really working. It's just people are going to find ways like they're going to be like, oh, I want that thing, but I hate mm -hmm. people. So I'm going to be a mentor, I... but I'm just going to be. Yeah, yeah. I have a suggestion it. like on the uh -huh. coattails of that. Sure. And you're going you're gonna to hate it. Okay. Um, <laughs> because it has the word fellowship in it. Oh, no, oh, no. Bad idea. This I'm, done. I'm done. I'm, like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> All right. So make a fellowship. There, yeah. there are more the people that want to do synced content than just this yeah. guy who sent us this letter. Make sure. a fellowship. Make the title really obvious uh, that that's what this fellowship is about. And yeah. hopefully, you will find the other people in your. And remember to also. and remember to reopen recruitment every yes. seven days. Yes. Bam. Brains <laughs> on the wall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> unless something changes, right? So we're talking about like hypothetical systems right. and the idea of the hard mode, you know, Wondrous Tales is not a bad one. I actually thought that was a really clever idea there. Mm -hmm. But until something changes, I think the best tool for doing this um, is connecting with people who are interested in it. And that's why sometimes I do talk about like using the party finder, because even if like way back when, when I first started playing the game, um, all of the old 50 primals were not current. And I loved the game so much that I, like like the, the little Sproutling that I was, tried to do all of them aggressively. And I sat in that party finder for days. And I yeah. waited until people came in. Like, once I learned that party finder was something that I needed to do after being yelled at. And so, you know, I mean, that's why I try to be very kind about explaining right. to people what the differences are. But yeah. what I can say is that using tools like party finder or Discord give you a chance of finding people who share similar interests. And in theory, so do fellowships, even though I hate to say it out loud, mm -hmm. but they do. And so if you can find people who share that interest, they are out there. It's just that right now, in order to do that kind of content, it takes a lot of effort to find those people, group up, and then start running. So if you yeah. can find them, you can do it 100%, because there are people who want to. 
but it's just about forming those connections. And, you know, that's why even when I go into these Metro rallies, if we run out of time, I'll say to everybody, hey, join this Discord. If you want to keep working on this fight, please at me. We yeah. will do it tomorrow. We will regroup. We'll get people in. I'll see if I can get veterans. And I think it's about until there's something in the game, taking that responsibility mm -hmm. on ourselves to try really hard to make opportunities for people to experience this, this all of this content. Yeah. So um, I I get wanting to do the content uh, in its in its purest form. Sure. Uh, I I'm a weirdo. Uh, I played from the beginning and I did all the all the content. Mm -hmm. I'm looking up like I do all the I, I, like all, at least all the the stuff that's easier to party. Sight sightseeing mm -hmm. logs, the original sightseeing logs. <sighs> yeah, son. I had to um, do that. I I I couldn't. I, I just anyway. I um. Uh. I yes. Up till the point I've done all the content. I think yeah. the last thing that I did not complete was the arsenal. But um, yeah. the point I'm trying to make, whoops, went, that went away, um, <laughs> is that uh, as as somebody who's already done the content, I don't necessarily uh, want to go back and do it in the purest form. I get wanting to do that. The thing that I do like about going back and doing old content is because it's it's really fun to do it as like a duo or a trio. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you can't find people who are willing to go in as like an eight man and do an old trial or something, maybe grab a couple of friends, do go in unsynced and try it that way. Uh, the stuff yeah. that's harder level difficulty can be really fun to do. Uh, yeah. I went into um, City of Mock the other day. Uh, oh, yeah. An alliance of three people. So there was three parties, one person in each. Uh, it was really fun. Very, very fun. Uh, did you, did you Cosmos, clear it? Uh, I ran out of time, but I think we would have. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's no, crazy. I, I had to go to the movies with my husband. But um, <laughs> we we cleared up. We just about cleared Ozma. We would have cleared Ozma if somebody hadn't uh, killed themselves with the countdown bomb thing. Oh, oh sure. no. Wow. Yeah, so. Uh, That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've dueled. Binding coil with my wife. Yeah. It took a little bit of effort, there's, but there's a paladin, a monk, and a white it. mage. It is very kind of hilarious and obnoxious to realize mm. how many of your abilities uh, help your party members and do absolutely mm. nothing if you're by yourself. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. it's really interesting going back and doing content that way because I mean you look at you know kind of the options you have right when tackling mm -hmm. content. You have like current level, you have unsynced. And then you have this thing where you can just kind of go in and it's like, it's not super easy, but you're unsynced, mm -hmm. but you still have to figure out how to do things with only it's a few fun. people. It's, it's mm -hmm. definitely a, a, a different take on how to do some of that content that I don't think a lot of people think about. Um, and so I would, I would definitely encourage people to, to go out and, and try some of that stuff. I mean, obviously there's, you know, some mechanics, right. That may not work terribly well with that, but you might be able to, to figure something out or cheese them a little bit. Atmoses um, are the Atomoses on the, on the Ozma <laughs> fight where you like go oh, in yeah. the black hole. We, we got there and the three of us were like, uh, oh. What are we going? We're going to get stuck here. We didn't think. We didn't are... think too far ahead on this. <laughs> yes, uh... No, but even even on the other. Well, the and the original ones it won't work. But in yeah, yeah. this version, you only need one person on the button. Um, so oh, you kind of I do see. it. Yeah. You do it in like a round. The first person <laughs> kills their stuff, and then uh, the person at the other end doesn't need to stand on their button anymore, so they can beat up their stuff. Then... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's super fun though. And yeah. honestly, I think that some of it. 
we always are talking about, you know, how can we incentivize players to do X, yeah. Y, or Z? And fun. so many times you'll see, yes, fun, fun. Thank you, Zen, thank you. The thing is, is that in MMOs, we are so used to the cycle of engage with content, get rewards. I did it, good job, thank you. And then you leave, right? And then mm -hmm. that's that. And if there's not something that's worth it, then it wasn't, why did you waste that time doing it? If it's right. something that's too hard or too easy or too whatever, why did I waste time doing it? Mm -hmm. But more and more and more, I find myself just wanting to say people, to say to people, you know, if you're tired of the current cycle, if you feel like your current perspective on content and the rewards you get from it is like, oh, it's so tired. I blew through all of the raid tier. What am I even going to do now? Mm -hmm. It's time to start thinking about reevaluating what you consider to be a reward from the game. And there's so much that can be rewarding, whether it's just doing what Zen was doing and it's super fun and you go back and you do some old content and that makes for a really entertaining night for yourselves. Work. It makes your brain work. It's really fun to go back and do that, play with it, do speed runs, figure out whatever it is that you can do that makes that kind Scream of- Scream into the void as you're trying to figure out what yeah. the heck Scream loud. bored with current level of content? <laughs> Go back and try and solo <laughs> Cape back. Westwind at minimum eye level. <laughs> but seriously, though, like, do that back, kind of stuff. Reengage, yeah. have fun, do something totally silly and impractical. We did, we did all nude runs of dungeons, and it was really fun for you to <laughs> take all your gear off and you go in and just like, it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for like mentoring, right? So many people go into mentoring situations or they go in as like a veteran player, even if you don't have the mentor tag. And to them, it's all about the clear. But if you change your own perspective on what will make your time rewarding, whether that is getting to know a new player, uh, sharing some laughs with people, helping people like get that clear of their first time in a fight, like you may not get a title in the game, but you are gonna get a title IRL almost because people <laughs> yeah. will remember you as the person that helped and yeah. that person that stayed with them. And and so it's just, we need more people that are willing to reach out and do this kind of, and create these parties and these opportunities and we need people exploring those. So yeah, it's fun, it's fun. Have fun, it's a game. <laughs> yeah, I remember like early in Guild Wars 2, we had a, a very small guild and we were like, what are we gonna name it? I don't know, Bro Squad, whatever. And so you have the tag Bro. <laughs> so like in the alpha, the beta, and then, you know, like early Guild Wars 2, we're just showing up teaching people how to do jumping <laughs> like oh yeah you do this and, oh there's a second one after this and it was so much fun you know like you can make your own fun with helping people um i mean if you have the time it's always the time yeah. <laughs> and inclination yeah now i'm yeah. thinking people of like the like helping. yeah i'm thinking of like the baby yoda like bro meme that's been going around now yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bro bro all right uh next email we got another email from paul the podcast. Oh, the podcast. <laughs> he says, so Shadowbringers is finished as of two days ago, and oh boy, do I have statements. Yeah. First off, I still feel that Heaven's Word was a better story. Ooh. Uh, uh, Shots fired. You're allowed Don't to have know. an opinion. Yeah. That's the one <laughs> thing about humanity. Don't yeah, know about better life. expansion, because I don't really get to experience the expansion as a whole, but story-wise, I feel it was better without turning this into an essay, because I definitely did draft one. <laughs> the main reasons for me were, uh, Heavensward's uh, Journey to the West story felt strong, versus Shadowbringers did a classic Final Fantasy trope of, uh, this isn't the final boss, right. uh, which I felt pulled me out of the first. Uh, the last zone just felt like it should have been 5.x content and not the end of an expansion. Hmm. That was Heavens so... Words... 
so fascinating okay. to me that one statement no we can right. talk about it afterwards but <laughs> i thought that was such an interesting right. perspective to me uh heavensward zones each had a unique reason to visit and developed uh shadowbringers uh ilmeg greatwood and amarang felt the same uh, for development uh, gotta kill a white warden, you know, Yulmore Punch Dad shows up right before the twist of the zone. Uh, twist, kill a light warden. There was uh, a pattern that I, I picked up. Uh, Shadowbringers wins with music, Ardbert's song, yep. more than truth, just pull the strings with those first few notes. Mm-hmm. Heavensward zones were just different uh, outside of Rapture and Amarat. Uh, I really <laughs> didn't see anything I hadn't seen before. Uh, Deserts, jungles, uh, Heavensward, I just felt had more new. Um, they go on to say, uh, I have others, but overall, maybe the hype of Shadowbringers was too high for me, while Heavensward had zero, and it just we felt amazing. Uh, <laughs> our bad. Uh, Shadowbringers <laughs> was still absolutely fantastic, uh, and had fantastic characters and the developments, but I'm caught up now. I get to do stuff that isn't story and explore the rest of these wild worlds that I had to put on hold. Maybe the side quest will change my mind when it comes to developing stories. Uh, and they say, P.S., I have so many issues with Emmett and how our group was just like, we know you bad. But we'll just let you be. Uh, we've been attacking them almost point blank at all points. Why he get the pass? Okay, so I agree. I agree with you. That's fair. I think um, first and foremost, we should probably give. I mean, I don't think we'll go out of our way to excessively spoiler lambast here. But just as a heads up, there may be some things that are spoiler related. Just for anybody who wants who is who wants to you know mute it. Heads up. Yeah, you can watch our reactions though; they'll be good. <laughs> Fast I'm gonna exaggerate everything now. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, I definitely. So it's so amazing to me because I love Final Fantasy with the expansions that it has. Mm. Every single expansion, whether it was your favorite or not, brings something so different to the table, and I love mm. that because yeah. so many times in MMOs they try to just repeat the formula of the game. And so you just see this like copy pasta of Mm -hmm. this is what we did that made for like a good epic. So we'll just do that again. And everything has a okay. Like uh, like Mm. gear. Uh, I went back (laughs) to get uh, Gordian, not Gordian, Alexander stuff for my blue mage. And I was like, oh, I don't remember. It's been so long. It doesn't matter because it's the same format as the current gear. And I know how to do that. That's a good formula. That's a really good formula, right? You should have structures in the game that are recognizable for players and they can easily Mm -hmm. identify. But I think when it comes to story, like story in particular, feels as though it should be something that is almost its own novel, each expansion. That's a bad formula. Yeah, like every single (laughs) should feel different. And um, I love that about 14. So the fact that Heavensward resonated with you more than Shadowbringers is totally fine. Like, that just might have been a story that appealed to you more and that you loved. Some of the other uh, comments, though, I'm curious what everybody thinks about this sort of analysis of Shadowbringers. I think, I think real quick, before, before we move on, I mean, a lot of it is still Heaven's Word. I think it was, it's interesting from, from the point of view that, of somebody that's been with the game since, like, day zero alpha, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting to see, because back when we had AR, we, we could see Ishgard. Yeah. We knew it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, we we knew of Alamigo. We have seen we had seen concept art of stuff in Alamigo. Um, but when AR when one launched, it was like, okay, when are we getting Ishgard? Because for people that came over from Eleven, like Ishgard was our Juno, right? Like that was the going to be the central hub. It was going to be this great area, and we never got it. And so when they announced 
a Realm Reborn. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll. Oh, still not getting. No, still no. Okay. Those. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, and, and I and I think this is why that first fan fest is so special to me is sitting there and seeing that Heaven's Word trailer. You get the mm-hmm. Gates of Judgment. And then, of course, being a dragoon, you have all the dragoons. And it was just oh, like, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> um, but to finally go there, and I think, you know, it was it was nice narratively to finally be able to get into this area that obviously things had been retooled since ARR. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still had ideas, you know, for Ishgard at 1.0. They still had, you know, ideas for Alamigo at 1.0. Um, and to see some of that finally come up was really great. And then Stormblood hits, and you're like, all right, we're going to do Alamigo. And we'll... Al- Alamigo, giant finger quotes, right? Because yeah. of how they handled the actual Alamigo. Um, right. But then they're like, okay, Yoshida's been working on this game for a while now. He wants to do his own damn thing instead of just playing like catch up. So he's like, also, right. we're going to the Far East. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so now with Shadowbringers, we're done with, with basically a lot of the kind of uh, locale scraps, right? From 1.0. And so now we have all these kind of questions that are left over from 1.0 and ARR. And he's like, okay, so Shadowbringers, I'm just going to do something crazy, but we're also going to spend a lot of time answering a lot of these questions that have right. been around for a while, which is, is I think, Yoshida kind of getting into his own as a director and a producer, which makes me really, really curious to see what 6.x is going to look like. Yep. Because in theory, right, this is going to, you know, a lot of stuff with 5.x is going to be wrapped up. Asian stuff might get wrapped up, may or may not wrap up Garlemald completely. You know that's that's to be seen yet whether we go there or not. Right. Um, but I think I think six point X is going to be really interesting because this is going to be a, a big departure from the narrative that we've had for so long and from the locations that we've known about for so long. And so I'm like it's it's going to be really crazy. But I think yeah for for me I think I I really did like Heaven's Word, but I also really loved the story of of Shadowbringers because it goes into the Asians a little bit more and where they came from and that's always been you know ever since 1.0 where you see the 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 Reaper Asian model right in that one cut scene you're like what is that and then you find out like <laughs> oh no they like lived in Atlantis and there's like all this stuff and they made Quetzalcoatl and you're like what what <laughs> and yeah. like that's honestly that first comment the idea about the last zone feeling like it should have been 5.x content to me, I i mean, I absolutely respect 100% mm-hmm. your feelings on that because everybody has, you know, valid opinions on these things. But for me, I felt like it was the most brilliantly subversive zone. Right. I, mm-hmm. I consider that last leg of the game to really honestly be what makes Shadowbringers so phenomenal to me because I, I play a lot of MMOs, but I can never... I can't ever think back on a portion of a game that was just so unique. And the fact that when you first come into that zone, everything about it is so fascinating. You come into it and it's it's bleak. You're like, well, I'm at the bottom of the ocean. I guess that's cool. When you compare it to like Ozzy Slaw, where you're up in the sky and there's like, you know, you're kind of down there going like, "Uh, well, I guess I'm here. And you're expecting this is the end of the game. So I should probably have some sort of like big sweeping score. And then there's this understated, almost melancholic tune. And Mm -hmm. I was disappointed when I first went into that zone because I was like, oh, this is how they're going to end it. But when you make it into that next portion, I, I mean. Yeah. What? Like, 
<laughs> you crest over that part of the zone right. and you see city. And I think that all of the work that goes into that zone mm-hmm. makes it a fitting finale. The zone itself is a fitting finale because suddenly everything you've known about the game, everything you thought you knew, and some of this also ties into your thing about Emmett Selk, right? The Asians. why do we start trusting Emmett? And I think a lot of it is that we know there is something bigger than us, but we cannot figure out what it is. And so sometimes you have to take a risk. Mm-hmm. You have to take a risk to find that out. And when that risk pays off in the form of this unbelievable tragedy, this ghost of a civilization, this world that suddenly you realize other creatures and, and characters have been fighting for in a way you could never comprehend and that you had a part in. Like, I, I'd, I could cry every time I think about it. <laughs> It's unbelievable yeah. and it's so incredible. Like what a piece of art in that one zone. Yeah. And I think that the, the zones in particular are are what really make uh what makes Heaven's Word and, and Shadowbringer stand out so much because like ARR there yeah. really wasn't like a final zone. Like you go to like Northern Thanalan and you go into like oh, the Praetorium, like eh, all right. Yeah. But like with the with final Heaven's zone Word, is that sewer you run out of. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like like Heaven's Word, you get like the the floating continent, right? Their yes. adaptation of the yeah. floating continent, and like that's really cool. You get up there and you can't really see everything. You're like, wow, Smog like, how, neon oh. city. You know, and it's mm-hmm. and it's three point X, so all the zones are bigger, and so you're like, what yeah. is going on? This is awesome. Four point X, four point oh, right? You get yeah. into the locks, and you're just like, you walk in, and you can <laughs> immediately just see like the entire zone minus like the right. weird crypt things, but they'll like those aren't even like a thing, like whatever. And it's just like, okay, that's Alamigo. Cool. Can I go? Oh, it's just like open streets and like, oh, okay. All right. No. Eh. It, it was very lackluster. Music was great. Yeah. Love the music yeah. of the box. But yeah. as a final zone, it sucked. <laughs> like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just had, put it out there. It had some little neat those crypts, like the yeah. blue crystal caves, like the under, yeah. like, underwater thing. I, yeah, and underwater. I just. But there needed to be more of that. Yeah. yeah. We needed more yeah. side quests or more way to engage with the map. That, Like, I love the lore you find out from the dungeon that's released sure. that's on Alamico. Yeah. Yeah. That gives you a little bit of understanding of, like, the fall of the city to the guard and the, you know, Mad King, like, Mad King leading, uh, leading up to that. That's cool. I mean, but the zone just felt super dead. The last... We dropped. Oh. Uh, no, we're good. I'm I'm switching okay. the uh, I'm moving some stuff over to try to uh, change our server here because we're blanking yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. The last zone or or dungeon in a Final Fantasy game is supposed to be memorable. You know, it's yeah. supposed to be that you know, oh man, we're here. This is the end. You know, this is the point of no return. You know, like we've gone into first one I thought of was Ultimacia's Castle because it's just mm. like oh, and we've lost things too. Like and I have to go yeah get them back yeah. and like that's what Azizla and Amarat did you get there and you're like holy crap this is the, this is it like I can't imagine what could be next yeah it, it, it's really interesting too because I mean I remember the first time when I got to the Tempest for the first time it was super late at night and I get like that mm. first cut scene and I'm like just kind of standing there where you get in and I'm like this looks weird like I don't know if I like this or <laughs> yeah. not and then I went to bed <laughs> and then the next day I log in and like 45 minutes later I'm just like oh my god I like this, this is the place. best you know zone me think of? in the history uh, of zones that open like semi underwater cave in 1.0 I forget what it's called at this point but it, it looks like Sasha. 
Yeah, Sploche. Sploche. Sploche, yeah. yeah. Our open world dungeon where you can yes. get the, the eye patch from the coral if you got it. Was, it was basically the... if you could walk into uh, Sestasha open world. That's that's ah. what Sploche was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I was looking around, like, trying to be like, is, is this like that place? Is this like that place? And mm-hmm. no, not really. But <laughs> but that was the first thing I thought of. Uh, for me, right. the the two Heavensward versus uh, Shadowbringers, um, mm. Heavensward felt like a story more about the group you were with, which mm-hmm. I liked. The characterization mm-hmm. there, uh, getting sure. to know uh, basically characters that are still new to you from mm-hmm. ARR, uh, especially Isael and Asinian. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people don't like like Asinian. I love Asinian. Oh, dude, Asinian's awesome. A, what a precious ground. I love precious you don't You don't see anything yeah. about him for like all of 4.0, and then all of a sudden yeah. he just shows up, jumps on the cannon, and disables it, blows it up, and then you don't see him again unless you're doing like the Dragoon <laughs> he, job quest. He He's is just our like, Kane. It's awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love Asinian. Yeah. Um, I also liked Kane, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, with with Shadowbringers, I feel like it was there was some like important characterization stuff going, but it was mm-hmm. less about yeah. that, more about revealing the incredible majestic layers of the onion that have been hidden uh, from mm, us right. since, mm. for ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, answering questions that we wanted to know for a real <laughs> right. long ass time, or answering yeah, questions yeah. that that Koji and Yoshida are sick of trying to come up with, <laughs> trying to pedal around. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean, I totally get the the like stone mm-hmm. is a formula, but you know, I, for me, I I have I put that aside because it's a video mm-hmm. game. So <laughs> yeah, your yeah. video game, uh, certain <laughs> certain like television shows. Uh, sure. Go and get the thing that is the same thing in every place. That's a that's a thing that. So MacGuffin. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a story. Sure. MacGuffin. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I do think, and and it is interesting, right? Because Heavensward zones, and I can totally see Paul why some of this probably stood out to you. I still think the Heavensward zones are like a masterpiece in sort of mood and atmosphere and right. artistry, right? Like running around those zones. There is such a feeling, that gothic wind feeling. There's the mm-hmm. music, the dragons encased in ice. Like there's all right. these these beautiful visual reminders that this is a world that has been ravaged. It has been ravaged by this war and by the um, devastation calamity. of the effect yeah. of the calamity and the war and everything that's happened since mm-hmm. then. So all of that is super cool. And I think it's really distinctive. When you compare it to a lot of the Shadowbringer zones, I can see, especially some of the ones like leading up, um, you know, if you think of the one that's kind of the relation to Ulda, sure. probably my least favorite mm-hmm. zone out of all yeah. of it, oh, although yes. I, I, I really liked the dungeon. Sand. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I was sitting there going, okay, and until you get back to that part of the map that has the like wall of the, like, yeah. that's really neat. But all the rest of the map that you spend a lot of time just doing nonsense on, I was like, okay, we have like a million desert maps. Could right. we bring us something a little bit different? Or could mm-hmm. we even have a different envisioning of a desert? Like, could we be in yeah. a canyon system? Could we be mm-hmm. in a, you know, well, we, and we will you when we go when we go to the new world because we got to go see the Blue Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, like there's stuff like that where I just felt we probably could have done a different map. Would have been yeah. fine. But you're also struggling with that narrative of supposed to be a world like ours, but not like ours. Right. So having those zones that are familiar, but not familiar mm-hmm. was interesting in and of its own right. But I do agree that yeah. some of them didn't feel quite as as imaginative as I was hoping, you right. know, overall. 
Um, although I do think they had moments of very cool imagination in them and, and right. things like the dwarves. Yeah. They're so fun. <laughs> no. Like, I love that take. It's so clever. Like, I yeah. love that idea. So I, I, I can see it's, it. It's really weird talking about that because like, I'm still over here. Like, I just want 1.0 Corthus pack. It's like the most <laughs> well, yeah. like boring looking zone, yeah, but like back, back in 1.0, yeah. man, that was like, that was my zone. Like just the, the visuals were amazing. The soundtrack was like unspoken mm -hmm. is one of my favorite tracks from all of 14. It's just like, it's, I just want, I just want that back. It's interesting. We don't really have an area like that. Like Ilmeg yeah. is close, but it's yeah, still it's not quite there too much like no. fairy and pixie stuff in ilmeg so pink yeah <laughs> it's interesting to me because having having words like story and the zones that you go through are like telling two different stories like the story itself is kind of and i know there's dragons and things but it's kind of a more low fantasy more like grounded type of thing and then you go mm -hmm. to the sky and you're like what okay all right this is crazy this is cool um, you know, got the war with the dragons, but it doesn't feel like sweeping epic magic cast all over the place. And neither does Shadowbringers, but it's about that epic magic all over the place. There's Light Wardens. The sky is bright all the yeah. time. But it, they both tell this kind of bleak story that I love. I love those type of things. So, yeah. I, I love Heaven's Word as well, and also I'm a Nelizen, so <laughs> Heaven's Word was right <laughs> on the tails of of, uh, of Game of Thrones. So right. exactly, and that's <laughs> that's that's TV. what that was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I I mean, I think there's one thing that we can all agree on is that Shadowbringers wins in music. Like I think we all agree with Paul there. Oh right? my God, it's so yeah. good. Is there it's any so debate? Good. There, I, I, I literally, I'm not even making this up. So I've, I've got like smart lights in my office. Yeah. I've got like this behind me is a hue bulb. I have a hue bulb overhead. I've got my nano leaf in front of me. I got another thing over here. Mm -hmm. I literally have a button. It's just a picture of Amarot. Yeah. <laughs> and it just Amarot's the room. Do and it, then I'll yeah. just like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Make it Amarot. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then you can't see it, but, but the the nano leaf on my wall in front of me, yeah. it's colored to match the freaking window panes in Amarok. Oh, okay, nice. like I'm not messing around, and I'll just turn <laughs> right. this on, and then I'll just loop, uh, full fathom five. Right, because I because yeah. I just get in a mood where I just need to listen to that for like an hour and a half, because it's so good. <laughs> not the second one, the clock ticking drives me crazy. Just bass <laughs> full fathom five. <laughs> We've got we've got hashtag Yulmore life, but then we got also hashtag Amarat vibes. Maybe yeah. can we just do that? Mm. Yeah, no, I like that. that. I like there? that. Okay. Yeah, the music. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting because some of my favorite pieces. Yeah, it's just so hard. Like some yeah. of my favorite pieces yeah. definitely mm -hmm. were in Heavensward. I sure. love, yeah. like I love especially like the Warring Triad music. Sophia's mm -hmm. theme is still my favorite, and I just heard Great. a fire jazz cover of it that was so good i could not believe it um wow. and i mean obviously like answers from the core game is i that is my all-time i cry like a baby every time i try to sing along with susan calloway it's just a hot mess and it's so good mm -hmm. and so beautiful and it's incredibly forward thinking like when you go yeah. through those lyrics now yeah. and you think yeah. about everything yeah. we know it's unbelievable oh, but i think that shadowbringers music was just it was like a testament 
to the skill of the performers, composer, every single level, like level, the art mm. designers, every single person, because every zone is so specific and it's such a range of music mm -hmm. and it's sure. so yeah. sweeping. And some of those themes, I mean, are just unbelievable. Well, and, and remember too, with, with Shadowbringers, the, the way that they went about it was a little different. It wasn't Yoshida telling so can recompose after every iteration yeah. of every track. It was Ishikawa yeah. saying like, yo, we should put a clock in this. Yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> Okay, like and I, I, I'm not crazy about it, but a lot of people love it, and I think I love that color. little shift in in how they handle mm -hmm. things behind the scenes, I think, is really great. I think for me, yeah. out of Heavensward, my favorite track, I think in part because I was at that first fan fest, I saw that first trailer. It's just Heavensward. Sure. That Heavensward mm -hmm. track for mm -hmm. me is just awesome. Not Dragon Song. I could care less about Dragon yeah. Song, Susan. Dragon I'm sorry. I love you. <gasps> Heavensward yeah. is the superior <laughs> vocal yeah. theme for Heavensward. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, uh, you guys remember our our review? Um, yeah. Where where uh, you all got mad at me because of my music score? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you'll recall that was because I I felt like it was on par with everything else. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So I I do really like the music. I just don't feel that it's any better than some of the things mm -hmm. we've already had. Which mm. I, I, I feel, I, if I remember right, you said something about like it felt generic MMOE or something. Like, I want to say that was the wording you used. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow. like, wow. I remember well, the battle theme was a big, you know, yes. how you'll be listening to the, the zone music and then the battle uh, theme starts yeah. and it just yes. takes sure. you out of well, it. You can, I remember you can that. Turn that, yeah. that was really think... disruptive. That was really disruptive yeah. to me initially. And yeah. then somewhere, I don't know when it happened, but somewhere it turned for me, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, no!" It doesn't bother me anymore. This yeah. is genius. <laughs> so there was, I was when I when I started playing. Um, this is you know we're we're one of those me and my wife were one of those couples. We had two TVs next to each other, and we started to play Shadowbringers next to each. You know, mm -hmm. and it got to the point where it's like I need to focus on story because I have to talk about this. So yeah. I ended up kind of going away. <laughs> but it was it was really interesting just from getting the sound from the TV, but then going and like putting headphones on completely different experience with the music oh, yeah. for me mm -hmm. especially in Shadowbringers and it's like if if you have a good set of headphones turn all the sound effects down just crank the BGM up and just yep. listen and it's so good it is so it's good anyway so the good. point I was trying to make <laughs> sorry Zen go 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 we gotta no. look away it's fine. It's fine. You should just like stay on, on my opinions no. I'm just um, saying I'm just saying <laughs> the Amarang music is amazing Fusion's like, uh, Zen, uh, I don't want to tell you. Remember that one time that you had that really wrong opinion? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> right now, I, right I, now. Respect, I respect I'm that joking. it's your opinion and, and, and everything, but it's just, it's wrong. And I need to, <laughs> wow. Just just, just as, as earlier, uh, I said to Paul, you know what? You're allowed to have an opinion. So am I. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, we love you, Zen. Oh, you have that yeah. opinion. Uh, the, thing, the thing is, though, like, Amarat, I can't think of what that zone sounds like right now. If I think, <gasps> oh. no, I can't. Really? If I think, yeah, no. And I really? go like every day, right? I can't think of yeah. how the music goes. However, wow. uh, right? When I go to uh, Western Corthus, I can mm. I can hear that music. Interesting. I wonder what it is specifically about the differences in those zones that, that like pick up more for you. I think you two need a smart bulb system and an Amaranth button to just <laughs> you immerse go. yourself. Well, in the I, can, I can hear that music. 
I, well, I, if I just think about it, I, I can get that. I absolutely 100% hate both Titan and Leviathan's like remixes. I know people are like, yes, oh, I yeah, do. it's good. I hate them. I just turn them off. I, <laughs> like, I, I really, I, I like them in, in the sense of like, I wish for, for me, like, right. Like I grew up, you know, listening to like a lot of like Daft Punk and Aphex Twin and all oh, that sure, kind of crap. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the idea of like a remix, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, um, totally. but it's never really anything we got in in fourteen because it's always been new music, which is fine, and the music's been yeah. great. But to actually finally then get like an actual like mm-hmm. legit like here's a remix and it's of this boss fight, and especially when you go into like Leviathan for the first time, where you're like, oh, we're fighting all the primals again, like right. that's cool as hell. I loved that. Yeah. I will say there were times I had I liked both of those remixes, but I found them very hard to prog to, so I would yeah. have to turn them off a lot because. Mm-hmm. It, it was like just, it just tipped over into that zone of almost being disruptive to me. Where right, like, exactly. I'm trying to that. work out a mechanic yeah. and I just hear, Leviathan, Leviathan. And I was like, guys, calm down. I just need to get this mechanic. Please, could you, could you in the background just shush for a second? I need to just, just do this. One, one single second. Stop stressing me out, please. Thank Meanwhile, you. Yeah. Okay. I still see, I still sing things to uh, the tone, the, the like tune of Heaven's Word. Like, yeah. If, if, if the thing has the right cadence and the number of syllables, mm-hmm. it's going na na na. No matter what yeah. it is. Yeah. No, she does. I can definitely tell from experience. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it still does happen. It's the thing, it's the thing that happens. I'm really curious. Like, I can't wait. Like, obviously, with with the with 5.2, we're gonna get Ramu. Like, I'm yeah. Like, I love the Ramu theme. The only bad yeah. side about Ramu's theme is it takes so damn long to pick up to the point where, like, mm-hmm. if you're doing it unsynced, you don't even but get to that part remix. of the track yeah, anymore. But, but if it's we get a remix, so good. Ooh, yeah, it I is. love. I mean, it's it's a sylph language. It's done in a completely different language. Yeah, it's yeah. True. And I feel like Ramu's Ramu's is so good. This is one of those fights we were talking about earlier. Going back and doing you know different content synced. Yeah. So many of these fights have been designed in so many different ways that are incredible, right? And when I think about especially the original primals, it's so worth doing those fights at the pace they're supposed to be synced. Even if you don't get those rewards, the payoff for me comes in from the actual experience, like the Shiva heel click and that transition into the music. Ramu, who has that um, rhythmic sensibility of a lot of like traditional Japanese music where Mm -hmm. you have the very slow build. Yeah. And then, and it's the same actually with the original Leviathan, where you have yes. that like traditional sort of drum beat, and I then suddenly that, you're that in the track. next part of the fight, and it mm-hmm. takes off and it soars. And for me, that kind of emotional journey and that kind of emotional artistry in a fight mm-hmm. is just payoff. Like that's right. just exactly. I have gotten something yeah. from it. And I that, hate. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. <gasps> no. Go ahead. I can do no, my. I, I can continue. We need to. We need to know what you hate so we can correct. Yes, this. I need to know right away. <laughs> the first half it, of uh, answers because okay. of Bahamut. It's just slow. Mm. No, because of Bahamut. Okay. Because oh, of because dying of and hearing it again and dying oh, and hearing it again sure. and dying oh, and hearing for, for me, again. for me, answers was really weird because I mean, we we answers was used in like the very first like fourteen trailer that went out. Yeah, and it's really like, did. what is this tracking? You, you hear the whole thing, yeah. and like, I love Umatsu. I love Susan Calloway, but hearing answers before End of an Era came out felt like yeah. it was all over the place it sounded like a mess <laughs> mm. but then it gets paired with end of an era and you're just like this is perfect like they right. they yeah. really saved both the game and that song i think <laughs> My with that trailer story about answers i remember being in michelle's living room 
<laughs> oh yeah because i i hadn't played 1.0 i played it and oh, okay. i hated it so i left okay. and i i i stopped playing it and sure. it was going to end and we were there like i remember being in the living room and right as the cutscene starts and i'm like okay i'll watch it cool whatever like 1.0 maybe it's getting better and i watched it and i went where was that this whole time? Like, that was really... Oh, and you can't play anymore. Meanwhile, his that girlfriend and I are like, oh my god! <laughs> I, I remember I remember live streaming the the end, like, event, or, you know, like, event. Yeah. It was mostly a lot of login and DC screens, but yes. um, just yeah. seeing that trailer, man, like, yeah, I, I was in tears. It was yeah. crazy. It's gorgeous. Uh, and thinking about Shadowbringers, there is a piece from Shadowbringers that doesn't always get brought up when, when everybody mm-hmm. talks about, like, the iconic music of Shadowbringers. But sure. for me, it's like one of the absolute top tracks. And that would be the final dungeon boss music. Like that version of the song oh. with mm-hmm. all this, like it's so, or the final boss music of all the dungeons. You know what I'm trying right. to say? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the, the, the dungeon music. Not not yeah, Invincible because like, Invincible no. would have been Hades and that would have been the final. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah. Like okay. the theme, the theme of like the yeah. final boss of the dungeons and all the different yeah. zones, the sort mm-hmm. of um, Sin Eater theme, right? Yeah. Or the light warden, sorry, light warden theme. Um, and I I love that piece. Mm-hmm. And with some of the things that Paul was mentioning, the idea of the formulaic nature of Shadowbringers, right? The fact that like you go to the zone, you find you find the light mm-hmm. warden, you kill the light warden, you do the thing. Um, it is kind of formulaic, but mm-hmm. I think the possibilities of that really shown in that first dungeon, um, where we have this tie-in. Oh my gosh, the first boss, I was. Mm-hmm devastated and mm-hmm. like i wish that if you went in there with trust you almost got an optional cutscene with alice yeah. because i feel like that would be mm-hmm. incredibly powerful um that zones music like that dungeon's music is so good it's so good <laughs> and it left me with all these like this desire to know more about who or what those light wardens were Sure. Um, yeah. And and I think like that first dungeon demonstrates it really well. The idea of like directing a dungeon using something that is like a, a pinned thing that you know is going to be there. We're going to have this light warden. So it makes mm-hmm. all the dungeons feel important, which can kind of be something that doesn't always happen in the previous sure. versions of the game. You go do some random task and it's fun and there's like a little side adventure and you do the dungeon and then you come out. Whereas in Shadowbringers, because I knew a lot of those dungeons had a light warden at the end, I was like, this feels for once like it is a part of the big narrative of this zone. Mm -hmm. And then that theme kicks in and it's so good. Um, I wish they had done a little bit more because especially some of those Light Wardens have really interesting names. And I wish we could have gotten a little bit more like optional, maybe some optional collection you could do for each map or something or like side quests that would give you lore about that light warden. So when you went and faced them, yeah, you knew like what what to remember there was. There was a lot of discussion about the names of the of the light wardens and the names of their abilities that they used, mm. um, and I'm trying to remember what they referenced, but I feel like there was like one or two missing from like the set of whatever they were referencing. Interesting. <sighs> I, this is gonna drive. Ethis, Ethis, where are you? We need. <laughs> he, he would know. He would know. <laughs> yeah, um, he would but know. yeah, I mean, you know, a lot. Some of the names I think were like old, like like. Tw- torture devices or something like that i could be way wrong but it was something like that oh zoila says love types of love yes so a lot of it was the type okay the types of love um which is really fascinating but i mean even within that some of the like that first one doesn't she use an ability that's called like something's daughter and just that one ability i every time i see it 
I couldn't help but wonder, like, was this the daughter of somebody that lived here? Is this like the, you know, and, and it's so interesting to have something like a move name kind of in a Dark Soulsian yeah. way, tell a narrative in and of itself, kind of like mm -hmm. items do in Dark Souls. And mm -hmm. I found myself just really wanting that and wanting more of it. So I feel like, you know, there's a very specific reason that they gave us that kind of directed narrative through all of the zones and, you know, kind of mm -hmm. gave us these repetitive bosses. But even more so, like, I'm totally good with that. I would have wanted even more. Like, give me more about all of them. Sure, yeah. So Fusion, what? you were right. Uh, it was a torture device. Love. <laughs> I was I was gonna say is is it Scavenger's yeah, daughter? Was that the name of the attack? Scavenger's, Scavenger's daughter. daughter. That's because yeah. Scavenger's daughter, by definition, was a kind of torture device that compressed the body of the victim in painful proportions. <laughs> I'm right. so tortured. <laughs> so it was what? it was. That's amazing. Sorry, I, just, I had no I just idea. Completely that's ruined cool. that for you, but, <laughs> but no. no, that's cool though. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, think about how cool that. Think about how cool that would have been, though, if there was like a side quest, even if it was something like really awful, like, yeah. you know, like it could have been, just you know, imagine localization sitting here like we need to come up with names for these abilities. Uh, medieval torture devices. Just go down the that list. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's fascinating because I think that those, like we said, can tell a story. And right. and there's so much that you can put into them. And yeah, yeah Ivory also brings up in the chat Tesleen's moves. I mean, so many of yeah. them have these moves. And then I think it makes it even, kind of bulking that up makes it even more incredible when you start getting into things like Yulmore yeah. and what was happening there. And the fact mm -hmm. that these creatures that we're killing are in a way, you know, the people that we were trying to protect and that this world is being corrupted and destroyed, but nobody is truly a villain because they can't control what is happening to them. Right. And and so this like incredible sense of loss and sadness and torture and suffering, like it's all there in these themes underneath that are really yeah. interesting mm -hmm. and then also give us even more consideration for things like the void. And you know, like there's just so much, there's so much, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All of that from your letter, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Paul, for the good discussion. Thank All you right. both for the letters. So that is going to wrap it up here for this week. We want to give another shout out to Alex Bean for joining us. Make sure to go check out KupoCon uh, to see if they're coming to an area near you soon. Uh, reminder, we are on break for the next two weeks. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be back. Uh, that's going to be the Seven 11. days from now and 14 days from now. 11. 11. We'll be back January 11th uh, talking about stuff. So make sure to tune in for that. Um, and until then, guys, happy holidays, happy new year, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye, Thanks, everybody. Happy holidays.